Hey, what's up? This is Matt Dietz, and this is None of My Business. This is the show where I sit down with smart, creative, and ambitious leaders to share their story because no one's given a playbook at the beginning of their career. And I wanted to build a library of people who have done it before us so we could learn from them. And that's what I've done. So today on the show, I have my good friend, Connie Miller. I was really excited to sit down with Connie because we're going to talk about a subject that I haven't talked about on this show yet. And it's like, what do you do at the end of your career? Connie's recently retired. She was the CEO of Icon Credit Union, which is currently Horizon Credit Union. And I interviewed her three years ago when she was in that role, gave a wonderful interview. It's when we met. Uh, Connie is someone that has an enormous amount of integrity. She's transparent. She's smart. She's well-connected. She's beloved here in town. And so it's always a pleasure to sit down and talk to her because you can really learn a lot from someone like that. She has a rich history of service work. And so we talked about, you know, what her path has been like to retirement. We talk about what it was like getting up to retirement. Retirement is a, it's a very hard transition. It's one of the toughest transitions you'll make in your life. People get a lot of value and worth from their work. And if that all of a sudden is gone, you know, what happens then? So how do you prepare for retirement? How do you do it mentally? How do you exit gracefully? And then what do you do after retirement? You know, what do you need to do financially to prepare for retirement? And how do you schedule your days? And what does your new routine look like? And how do you stay healthy? And how do you keep your mindset in a good place? And how can you continue to find value in yourself and give value to others. And so we had a wonderful conversation about a very important topic. And so I want to thank Connie for coming on and sharing her journey with us. It was a pleasure to sit down with you again, Connie. And uh, let's just get to it. Here we go. On with Connie. All right. Well, I am joined today with my good friend, Connie Miller. Connie's been on the show before. The first time that we chatted, you were uh, Madam President of Icon Credit Union <laughs> yes. back in the day, and you've got a you've got a great history with uh, working with credit unions, and and uh, I know you're involved with some great service industries like the Girl Scouts, and so you've got a great soul for service, and you've run and helps big businesses. So welcome back to the show, Connie. Thank you, thank you. So. I'm excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today because I think it's an important topic. And, um, you know, this show is all about building businesses. Mm -hmm. Well, every business has a lifespan, right? And so what happens, what we're going to talk about today is what happens when you are ready to transition out of that business. And so um, you're going to be my expert on this, okay, Connie? Okay, I've lived it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you... I recently retired, right? Yes. Spent about 18 months. Mm-hmm. How's it going? Oh, it's actually, it's actually wonderful. Uh, I will definitely say it's different. Uh, we all go into retirement when we're working and imagine what it's going to be like. And we always talk about someday when I retire. And immediately, it's really fascinating because I've had so many conversations with people since I've retired about what that's going to be like in so often we go right to travel. Yeah, we go to spending more time with grandkids. We go to wh- what we're going to do uh, more of. And one of the things that I'm really learning is retirement is a big journey, and there's a lot of things to think about. So, 
what we did is, so Neil, my husband Neil and I, uh, probably maybe 10 years before we retired, we uh, sat down with a financial advisor. Good. And a lot of people are a little bit uh, intimidated by a financial advisor. And the most often reason when I talk to people is they're a little embarrassed that maybe they haven't done enough. Sure. And what I, what I can tell you is knowledge is powerful, right? right? And, and it's okay if you haven't done enough. Just get the vision. So we said, what does this look like? And both my husband and I were in banking <laughs> and work with numbers every day. But, and we had just been saving. We had no idea if we had enough to mm-hmm. retire or whatever. And uh, what sparked this was both my husband and I, our dads, uh, had passed away after they retired and didn't get to do the things they wanted yeah. to do. So we wanted to set the goal that we retired a little bit earlier if possible. Great. And we wanted to retire when it felt like it was too young to retire, while we felt like going and doing the things we wanted to do. We really didn't know what we wanted to do. Okay. We just That was kind of what we thought. Yeah. Connie, let me ask you real quick. How did finding a financial advisor is stressful? And you said people go in and they don't necessarily... They may be embarrassed. Maybe we don't have enough, or maybe I don't know anything about this. And so, um, how did you find someone that you trusted? Because that's really important when it comes to finding a financial advisor. Yes, we had uh, we had uh, an account with Northwestern Mutual, and so our advisor had retired. So we were blessed that our current advisor that we use was kind of assigned to us. Mm-hmm. And but what I'll tell you is, it takes action to call them and, and have them come over to your house and sit and talk about your finances. Yeah. Right? It's like this intentional thing that we have to do. But that's what we did, and I'm so glad we did because I just turned it. I just said, show us the picture. Yeah. Create the graphs. Show us what we need to know so that we know, do we have enough? Don't we have enough? If we spend this much versus this much versus this much, how long is our money going to last? Right. What does this life look like? And we did that about 10 years before we retired. Okay. Most people start, a lot of people start thinking about this, you know, right when they're getting close <laughs> to retirement. Yeah. Like, okay, now I'm not going to have a paycheck. And that people do go through that if, if I'm bringing home 2000 a month, Okay, what are my bills now? They people can do that on their own, but what helped us was to see the visual twenty years out, yeah. like you know, and also all the different. Uh, if we spend a certain amount uh, each month, how what does this money picture look right. like? Yeah. Uh, but it was wonderful, and Good. so that's what we did. We and so I would recommend people just ask people, do you have a financial advisor that you like? Absolutely. Uh, and um, and so and then since then. I have many friends that use our financial advisor that have talked about, so we send a lot of folks uh, to him just because we know him, you know. I'm sure he thanks you. Probably, yeah. But he does a (laughs) phenomenal job, and he did what we asked, which was show us the picture. Great. And he came with these graphs, and I was like, score. Good, good. (laughs) I love it. So we talked a little bit earlier before we started recording, like how this transition to retirement is probably something that it's not formally taught, it's not taught in schools, you know, it's not taught by families, right? It's really t- learned through loose observation, I would guess, you know, so like I watched my dad retire many years ago and he seemed to have done it right. I think he's done, I think he's he's enjoying his retirement. I've also seen the other side of that where I've seen, uh, you know, a close family member retire, immediately get stricken with a terrible disease and die after 10 years and it's that's the worst case scenario, mm-hmm. so... You know, um, it's not it's not anything that's discussed. And so that's why I was excited to talk with you about it and to see what your experience has been like. So it's been 18 months. You started talking 
um, you know, making sure your money was in line as best as you could, you know, 10 years prior. My wife and I talk about it often because our kids are in that phase where they're in high school and like it's yeah mm-hmm. you know it's coming i'm gonna turn 50 next year next time we turn 50 next month you know and so how long are we going to be doing this and all that other stuff but um my wife says that a lot of people think retirement is like the finish line it's and we disagree with that i okay. disagree it's not with a that. it's yeah. not a finish line but that's kind of the what people think so it should be something else so what are some things that that you and neil you know, did mentally to kind of get ready for this. And let's talk a little bit about what's worked and what hasn't. And okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we, so I am a person that loves to, I could envision myself being a consultant someday. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, You'd be great at it. And I had this, uh, this, you know, stressful, but very fulfilling career as a CEO of Icon Credit Union. Mm -hmm. And so I spent my life, uh, building and strategizing and having a lot of fun, you know, uh, with culture and building teams and all that. And so I, I, one day I was having this thought process about what does this look like when I'm not getting up to the alarm clock every day and coming in and going, you know, to community events and, and having all these team meetings and strategizing planning sessions. And what does the life look like when you don't have that? So one of the things that I did about six months before I retired is I made a list of the people that knew me well, that had worked with me, that would be able to give me some advice on if I could only do a few things in retirement, uh, because I really wanted to protect time, because time is precious. And the one thing I did not want to do, I have this fear of waking up and being 90 and going, what did I do in retirement? Yeah. And what, what were the last few years like? And so I met with them, and I asked them a couple questions. What... What have you seen me in action do that you would say I'm talalented with? And so nice. that's a hard question to ask people, right? Because you feel like you're kind of self-serving. Putting yourself and, out there, yeah. Yeah. And then also, what is the need in the world? Because there's a lot of business consultants and a lot of coaches. And mm-hmm. so, um, and then I journaled it. Nice. And I met with um, about 20 people. And these were people I had served on boards with, a few key executives I work with, all kinds of a variety. And um, there was common themes that kept coming Great. out, which was cool. And they were definitely working with teams on culture and communication, working with boards of directors and nonprofit world came up, uh, building your personal brand and, and uh, uh, reputation. And there was all of these fun things that came up. So, Did, did any of those surprise you or were you or were they validating kind of what you knew? They want the one that surprised me that I hadn't really ever thought about was you need to teach people how to build their brand, mm-hmm. a professional brand. Yeah. And, and, um, and it was fascinating because when I wrote my book, don't sabotage your career, that was, it's all about the things we do that hurt our brand and, yeah. and kill our career or at least stifle it. And so it didn't, it surprised me that people saw that. Okay. And, uh, so that was really the only thing um, that I had. And then I took the list and I said, what brings me joy? There like in this list, what's my why and what brings me joy? And there was a few things on there that I was, uh, I'm not, yes, I am good at it, but it's not really something I would enjoy doing. Right. Uh, and so then I, I just kind of dwindled that down. And one of the things that, so I served on a lot of boards. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I had to get really dialed in was my philanthropic um, uh, gifts to the world and how am I going to make sure 
that I don't feel this next years of my life uh, being completely philanthropic and not doing kind of the things that I want to do. And it was bigger than me. Mm-hmm. Now it's my husband and I, right? Sure. And it's always been us, but it was a whole different thing. So my husband and I sat down um, one evening. We had a long conversation about just retirement life and our vision for retirement. And we had some major ahas. And I don't think enough people have this conversation. Great. Walk so, me through it. Yes. So we said, the first thing is, what do we want to do? What could we envision? Like, what are the things we've been wanting to do when we had all the time in the world to do? And we have a little place in Arizona that we had bought a few years before that in a little um, kind of a RV park. So we, we wanted to spend some time in Arizona in the warm. We don't like the cold. So mm-hmm. we knew that. Golf. Uh, my husband really Yay. wanted to golf more. <laughs> uh, I wanted to learn how to play golf. Uh, so we wanted to golf a little bit more. And then, of course, all the travel. Mm-hmm. Um, all the places to explore that we wanted to. Uh, and so we talked about those things. And I said, I wanted to do some consulting. I didn't know what it looked like. I had no idea. But I wanted to do a little bit of consulting because how I felt was that I didn't want to take my years of lessons learned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because leadership is a journey and through your whole life. Uh, as a leader, you you make a mistake, you learn, mm-hmm. you make a really good decision, and you celebrate, and then you make another mistake, and you learn. It's right. just leadership. I didn't want to take all of the mentoring that I'd gotten over the years, all the lessons learned, and all the success, and go golf with it. I yeah. just I wanted to do something more with it. It felt like it was wrong just to kind of slip away and just go have fun. It felt self-serving, to yeah. be honest. And I had to actually work through that giving myself time to not, it was an adjustment that I had. Yeah, I was going to ask you, how do you do that? Because I think, you know, you've earned the right to be a little selfish. You know, Mm -hmm. you worked, you know, decades um, building your skill set and gaining all this knowledge. And that can be tiring. And that can, some people are wired where they're they're looking forward to not having to work. You liked what you did. You were lucky, I think. Yes. And so, um, and I'm the same way. I love what I do. And, so I have the same questions. I'm like, well, when we were, t- am I, am I, do I ever w- really want to like fully, you know, quote unquote, retire from like the professional world? Mm-hmm. You know, some people see retirement as like, I'm done working. I'm done profession, being a professional. I just want to enjoy. But, you know, I think everyone's journey is a little bit different. So for people like you and I, you know, continuing to share what we've known and learned to others to, to benefit them and make their lives easier and to help them you know, succeed is important to us, but you also don't want, there's a balance you have to strike. Yeah. And I was worried about that. Actually, my husband was more worried than I was because I really felt like I could add some discipline to it. And mm-hmm. because I did want to make sure that I had time to explore new things and do new things. Uh, so I committed to not spending more than 20 hours a month on uh, volunteer activities. I still am on three boards, board committees, uh, but I had uh, resigned uh, through a few of them as my terms got up. And I, I have had to say no to many uh, opportunities that have come my way. Uh, it's okay, though, because there's a whole lot of people out there that give this opportunity to. Uh, but I had to commit to that on the philanthropic side. And I think um, you said something that's really was fascinating as I've talked to people. Uh, there is a complete different visions of retirement out there depending on what your life journey has been. Some people see retirement as you should stop all business is the best way I could describe it, depending mm-hmm. on what they've done. And, and it could be maybe they're in a miserable job or they haven't enjoyed the things they've done in business or maybe it's what their parents did. I don't know where this comes from, but 
there is people that actually have anxiety because I've chosen to continue to work a little bit and do some consulting. They can't comprehend it. Yeah. It's like, I can't believe, and they'll, they'll tease you about it. And they'll, and it's uh, because they'll, I knew you'd never retire. And, uh, and so it's really fascinating. Everyone looks at retirement a little bit differently on the, on the give back on the business side as right. well. Uh, and they, and they're kind of, a lot of them are worried about you. Like they're yeah. worried you're never going to retire. But retire doesn't mean stop all, seesaw connection to the business world. <laughs> right. Uh, and go play. It, it's bigger than that for some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some people, is it, now my husband, um, he, you know, he said he's always teasing that he's, um, he's unhirable today. It, that doesn't even, there's nothing about going and um, doing some consulting or whatever, and he'd be incredible with mm-hmm. it. That intrigues him whatsoever for me i miss it desperately if i don't get some of it but it is a balance uh so what i the guide i gave myself was do i wake up and look at my calendar in the morning today and do i make sure i have some downtime some type of downtime relax give give me some downtime but the biggest thing is am i look looking forward to the day is this day going to bring me joy, or am I saying, Ugh, I have to create this PowerPoint, and I don't want right. to, da, 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 da. So if it doesn't bring me joy, then I take lessons from it. It's like, I'm going to set my boundaries here for the next time, because this isn't something that I'm really enjoying. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. I want to kind of add in guilt. Mm-hmm. Is there any guilt that comes from retiring? Like, I know some some couples who have retired early, mm-hmm. like... 50, you know, and they're, they're done working. And I think they carry around some guilt with them. And I think it's not all internal. I think some of it's external from people who are judging them. Well, what are you going to do with the rest of your life, you know, type of stuff. And that's not fair to, to, to do that. They earn the right, you know, to, to be in this position and that they're very responsible. They counted their pennies. They good for them, you know, but you know, there's, there's guilt that can be uh, uh, parcel on this journey. And so, you know, what would you say to that? Did you, did you feel any of that? I know you, you seem pretty prepared, but have you seen it? You know, how would you recommend somebody work through that? There are definitely sneaks in for me. There's guilt of things I wish I would have done differently in decisions in my career. So I will go back and I'll actually have these tugs every once in a while to my heart of, oh, yeah, that was a bad decision. I, I, was a, I wish I would have, you know, maybe given that person more, a bigger, bigger opportunity. Or I wish I would have been more prepared for this particular thing in my company. Mm-hmm. So you think back about some of the things that you could have done a little bit differently or better. I'd say... You just have to let that go uh, because you can't go back and do it again, and you're never going to be perfect <laughs> anyway. No. And it's all a journey. So I would definitely say that. Um, but you could also use that in in your future consulting too, right? Yes. When you're sitting down and you're saying, "Hey, I've I've done a lot of reflecting in my career and in whatever sort of setting you're in, whether it's one on one or a group. You could say, here are some of the things that I, you know, have thought about since.'" And I don't want you to have to feel the same way as I do today. And so, you know, you can still, you know, give service by by sharing that information with it's people. It's really true. And actually, I've done, um, I do some executive coaching now, some um, three or six month program executive coaching. That's where it comes up is when I hear some of their challenges or, 
and I'll be thinking, I'll do some self-reflection and be like, oh, I bet I had an employee that felt that way. Yeah. You know, and so that, yeah. So that you wish you could go back. And actually, I've even gone through this thought process of, do you go back to these folks today and have this conversation or not? And you just got to move on. Yeah. yeah. Because it's just, it's all complicated. Right. And, <laughs> right. and I also I'm hard on myself. And so mm-hmm. you, you tend to, you know, do that as well. But I think it's, it's about, I, I don't feel guilty for making the decision and probably because I planned at 50 to retire at 60 and mm-hmm. I stuck with it. It was tempting to kind of keep going, but uh, I wanted to make sure I kind of, we, we kind of had that dialed in. But I will tell you, I've talked to so many people that are entering the reti- retirement discussion and they're, they haven't thought that. Yeah. Uh, but the one major aha, this was really fascinating. My husband and I were talking and we said, okay, what could take us down today? Because I think in business, we should be always asking ourselves, what could take our organization down? What could what could change my life drastically that I need to be preparing for? Uh, well, we had that same conversation about retirement. And we said, what could take us down? And our, something, if something happens to our relationship, that would be disastrous, right? right. So that could do it. If something happened to our health, mm-hmm. uh, and then if something happened to our kids, came up in our list. If something, if our kids were harmed or whatever, and then our faith. Those right. are kind of the four things. And then we said, "Wow, think about what that list looks like." Now let's go back to this prior hour conversation about: Are we going to go to Italy, or are we going to golf, or none? None of that matters right. really when you're thinking about what's what could take your life down today. So. It helped us keep things into perspective, uh, and, and it's a big shift when you are with your spouse twenty four seven too, and you're not used to. Right. There's a lot more communication that we have, and a lot more we get on each other's nerves um, sometimes, <laughs> and we have to constantly be resurfacing those conversations. But from that conversation, my husband had probably the biggest aha, uh, and I think people need to talk to themselves about this and ask themselves. He said, here's how I want to sum it up. You've been looking at retirement for many years, probably, and envision all this based on what you're going to be doing. I'm looking at retirement based on where I'm going to be. Uh-huh. And they're very different. Yeah. And so we have to blend the two. He said we have to find, he was, he's brilliant. He said we have to find a way to blend the two to where we're both fulfilling that need. And it is very true. He was all about, are we going to be in the, at the cabin in the mountains? Are we going to be at a little place in Arizona? Are we going to be in Boise? He was all about where we're going to be traveling to and all that. And I was all about, what am I going to be doing? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did you build it so that you were both fulfilled we had this conversation about what could cause resentment and we said okay what in all what in my consulting business what could cause resentment to you and we had a great conversation it's like well if we can't if you get it where we can't you know you have to be in person so we need you to, to make sure you have the ability to be remote if you need to plan your stuff well in advance so that we can plan travel around it uh, and so we had this conversation about what are the things in my consulting business that if I do that will, and he knows I need to do some of this. It's just, he knows uh, my psyche really well. And then for me, I needed to be okay with going different places. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we spend, now we spend a lot of time in Arizona. 
it's fine. I hop on a plane if I want to come to Boise and and yeah. uh, meet my friends or, or do consulting. And so, yeah, we just tried to, to talk about how we do it. And then we, we constantly are reminding ourselves and asking ourselves, okay, does this bother you? Is this okay if I do this? And we had a trip, for example, for two weeks going through New Mexico and Arizona, coming home last year from Arizona. And there was more than once where I needed to get to the hotel to get internet, to do a call or whatever. And we had changed our dates on our trip at the last minute. So part of it was just the nature of the situation. But he's like, that caused a little bit of resentment Mm -hmm. uh, because... You know, we're all stressed about one time we were out in the desert trying to find cell coverage so I could do a remote call. (laughs) It just added the stress. So it's like, okay, don't do that. You know, figure out a way that that isn't the case. Well, I think this is something that everybody knows. I think we talk about it all the time. I'm trying to talk more about it because I think communication is the uh, ultimate superpower when it comes to so many things professionally personally in families in relationships with children coworkers, you people that you hire you know every communication is so important i'm trying to lean into this like we need to over communicate mm-hmm. i hate people hate surprises like and if you were feeling something and you didn't tell neil and you've been thinking about it for months but you didn't express it in a way and all of a sudden whatever you were thinking about comes up and you're like well I'm going to go to Boise next weekend and Neil had something else planned or something like that you know that might cause some resentment you're like you never told me that so like over communication everybody knows communication is like the core to you know making things it's the oil that makes everything you know flow properly Um, but I don't think people know how to do it properly and we live in a day and age where we should be able to communicate so easily and swiftly and quickly but there's something in us that holds us back, and I think a lot of it's fear and how's it going how's that going to be perceived or what are they going to think? And so I'm I'm trying to help people understand that like we have to communicate, you know, and we have to address our fears and have the real conversations so that there's no, so it's all out there, you know. Yeah, well, and I think um, you have to be willing to be vulnerable, and people aren't in yep. general. So one of the things that just works for me is to welcome the vulnerability. In other words, lean in, like Neil and I say, okay, am I doing anything that's causing you to be resentful? Uh, And I think you have to be willing to invite that conversation. And then it opens, it makes it easier for people, right? Am I doing anything that's frustrating you? Uh, And then then you open the door, right? It's still, we're not perfect at it. So I was going to ask too, when it comes to... um, you know, all these transitions that we're talking about, my wife and I, like I said, we've got a 16 year old and a 14 year old, you know, they're going to be out of the house in eight or 10 years. And that's a transition that's coming. And what does that mean for her and I, and then there'll be the transition into retirement. And what does that transition look like? Like, you know, how, you know, what's the best way to prepare? We talk about it, you know, our life is about our kids right now, like a hundred percent. Like my wife says mm-hmm. it all the time. And I, what she said is she's like, look, our time is not our own is the statement that, and I was like, that is a hundred percent true. And, and we're okay with it. Like mm-hmm. we've, right. we've accepted right. it and we love it's it. It's part of your journey. Absolutely. You know, but at some point our time will be our own. And like that, we don't want that to hit like a light switch and have it be like, Oh my God, everything's different right now. You know? So we have to talk and communicate. What's that? We still have to, it almost has to be like going back to the beginning when it was just her and I, you know, what was that like? We obviously did well enough to get married and make it this far. Like, so we have to, (laughs) 
we have to get back into a space that we were once comfortable in and have moved away from. And so, you know, what are some things that helped you guys through some of those big transitions when all of a sudden you're empty nesters and now you're retired and, you know, what would you say to that? Yeah, I think I'm always having this conversation about what's my purpose Uh, And I have that one all the time in my head. Like, what's my purpose today? What do I want to accomplish? Who do I want to be? Like, what type of person do I want to be? And then the big one is what's getting in my way. Like, because we can rattle those things off pretty good, but what's getting in my way is a little bit tougher, right? But for us, uh, we really missed. We we had three boys that were very active in sports, and and we were bleacher parents and split games and and, you know all that. We really missed uh, the activity of the evening every night being something. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, and slowly, our kids left one at a time. uh, But all of a sudden, I remember when our youngest left, it was a little bit of a shocker to the system. And uh, I mean, we. I'll remember the milk. Like, we no longer <laughs> bought a gallon of milk ever since then. And I remember buying the two big totes of, of milk from Costco every time we went. Right. And stuff like that. So, but I also remember us, uh, it kind of organically flowed is the best way I can. You're kind of in shock a little bit mm-hmm. in the beginning. And you miss them and you spend all this time worried about how they're adjusting to the world and all of that in the beginning. Uh, and then all of a sudden you just have this, you know, uh, okay, what am I going to do tonight type yeah. of thing? And it, and it happens overnight, uh, true. But what's fascinating about time, so correlate this to retirement. I had this at, at my one year after I retired. I was sitting just digesting the last year, my first year of retirement. And was it thinking about all these conversations we'd had? It's not going to go as you think. That's mm-hmm. the one thing I'll say. You you have these. I had these grand plans of... I'm going to have time now. One of the things that was super important for me, it was on the top of my list of retirement, was to get kind of the legacy in order. It's the best way I can describe it. Yeah. Get my pictures organized, get my scrapbooks for my kids done, get the, all the estate planning all organized. Because sure. we had managed three estates of family members, and we had realized how incredible difficult that was on us as sure. executors. I didn't want to do that to someone mm-hmm. else. And so that was my priority. I'm going to have all this time. I'm going to plan all this. That hasn't happened. (laughs) I've done very little of that. I still have it at the top of my list. But I think we have some of those things. So I think the one thing I'll say is what you think is going to happen. You have to go into things as if plan B is just fine. Like It doesn't have to happen like you thought it was going to happen. Because how I spend my time today is very different than what I would Mm -hmm. thought. Well, it's the same thing. So I would say be fluid with whatever happens mm-hmm. and know that you're not going to have it all decided. Yeah. You're just going to have to go with the flow for a while. Absolutely. That's good. Uh, we talked a little bit earlier too about, you know, some people maybe are choosing to retire based on external factors like health insurance mm-hmm. and social security and, and, and how those things line up. Have you, have you learned anything on some of the things that you once thought were true that aren't true? Are there some things out there that you would wish to share with people in in that arena? Yeah. So the one thing was uh, you don't realize what you don't know, right? Uh, And so take myself personally, and then I'll share a couple things about conversations I've had with friends. Uh, The one thing is medical insurance. So my husband and I just went on COBRA. Um, with his company and so we've done that almost 18 months so now we're exploring now we need to get our own insurance 
well, I'm 61, so I, I don't qualify for Medicare yet. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm starting to explore, and I've just been worried about this. Uh, and I'm learning, of course, there's this big tax credit now that you right. can do, that if I make less than 30000 for example, uh, it my insurance is like 50 bucks. Yeah. And so I, you know, and it's a, a pretty high deductible, uh, but and of course there's lots of choices out there. So, and then, I mean, I can make up to 70,000 and it's a couple of hundred bucks a month. Mm-hmm. We're paying like 15, 1600 a month now right. with Cobra. So actually all this fear of it. So I guess what I would just say is, it's just a reminder to get knowledge, get information, meet with people ahead of time. Because if I'd have met and learned that a year and a half ago, I just would have not been, I mean, I wasn't overly stressed about it, but so one of the best advice on insurance, talk insurance real quick. Yay. One of the best advice that I got on insurance was many years ago, probably 15 years ago, my um, prior boss at Icon Credit Union, my prior CEO, he said, one of the best things you can do, Connie, we were talking about early retirement, is get your medical savings account going. Mm -hmm. And you get a little Idaho tax credit when you put money into it and just build it up because you need this big cushion to pay your medical insurance when you want to retire early because statistics show, and I will say this, I hear it over and over and over again when I talk about retirement with people, is medical insurance is their, it's like their roadblock. Yep. And he said, just get your cushion in a medical savings account. You just pay your premiums out of that. It's not coming out of your regular operating money. And so we did that. We dumped a ton of, we we put a ton of money in medical savings account over the years. And we just kept increasing. Every time we got a raise, we'd increase Mm -hmm. it a little. So we had this account that I'm paying my insurance premiums out of. So this paying 1500 a month for insurance is like, yeah. but it really isn't for us because yeah. it's coming out of this other account. Yeah. Like I don't even see yeah. it. <laughs> so that's one practical that's tip smart. I would give people is get the Idaho medical savings account going. You earn a little interest and you get tax savings when you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I talk to people about retirement, the number one thing is I can't retire and their decision is always based on when Medicare is going to kick yeah. in. And it is such as it should be a, such a small part of the decision, mm-hmm. uh, because now that I have this knowledge, it, you know, yeah. the bigger decision is map the money out. Um, but even then, it's like, how do we make this work? You know, and yep. you don't, you you don't have to completely cease making money when you retire. In fact, I think your brain is healthier if you work a little. Yep. It doesn't have to be a lot, but do ten hours a week doing something. It kind of keeps you engaged in the world because. The one thing about retirement is you lose sight of what day of the week it is. What You, you kind of lose sight of that. Yeah. Um, it's the and, weekend all the time. Yeah, and being engaged in the world, I think, is, um, is important yep. yeah. for your mental health. Yeah, I met with a number of people. It was open enrollment recently, and I met with a number of people who... You know, are transitioning into retirement or they just quit their job and they're like, well, I have to buy health insurance for the first time in my life, you know? And so, um, I'm the one that's teaching them about the tax credits and things like that and walking them through the application process and how that works. And, you know, if you, if your taxable income is less than a certain amount of money, it's actually 400% the federal poverty level is the number. If you make less than 400% the federal poverty level, you know, you do get credits and your, uh, you know, your health insurance can be significantly less. And so if you plan properly and you can live off savings, which is not income, it's already been mm-hmm. taxed, right? If you're living off your savings for a certain amount of years, you will show, you can really be strategic with showing that your taxable income is only a certain amount of money so that you can pay 
$50 or $200 a month uh, instead of paying the full-blown cost, which could be $1,500 a mm-hmm. month. I mean, and that's that's like making an, eight, an extra $18,000 a year, you know, if you run the figures properly. So, yeah, it's really smart to talk to someone that can help you, you know, set that up for you yeah, properly. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the other thing is health. Uh, get some health screenings. Don't wait till you're close to retirement and then go get your health screenings. Um, get in and just get all your tests done and get a good physical done because you kind of need to know where you're at there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not that you would change your decision completely, but it, I think it impacts you. It also gives you this peace of mind if you know exactly what that is to, that you need to either um, work on or pay attention to. And I mean, I had a health scare in August, uh, and I'm, I'm pretty healthy overall. Mm-hmm. All my screenings and blood work came back really good, but in August I had a little scare and it's, it's fine, but it, it, it could happen any day is sure. what, it, what I realized from this is pay attention to it because life is short. Uh, and at 61, after I'd retired for just a year, I remember reading this article, the average life expectancy was like 72. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that year went super, super fast. That means I only have 11 more of these circles around the earth if I'm average. Right. So be very intentional is the lesson I learned from that is be intentional about what you're doing and know that if you're average, I only have 11 of these really fast tracks around the world and yeah. it went fast. It felt like two months. Yeah. So I know that's one thing we talk about too is, and I've talked to folks like, you know, who, who are older than myself and they say that the older you get, the faster time goes. And that's terrifying, you know, and I have teenagers at home and I've, I'm, I've realized that the way they see time is totally mm-hmm. different than the way I see time. And we are not aligned <laughs> in that way yet. And it can be a, a cause of frustration, but I'm starting to just be more accepting that like, you know, an hour for them, you know, might feel like, you know, five hours you know mm-hmm. so it's it's it times a really interesting thing to try and wrap your head around yeah you could lose a whole month probably you know and be like oh my god what did i do this last month i don't even know i don't remember so you know what kind of things do you do to try and stay present you know and be intentional with your time because there are times where you probably you know you deserve to do nothing or to try and seek boredom or whatever um but also you don't want to feel bad about that too and that that balance i'm sure is tricky too i i, I still struggle i struggle with that today you know what kind of things are you doing on a day-to-day basis to just get the most out of your day but not feel burned out and stressed out what's that look like what's a what's a daily routine look like for you that's that's been good yeah, it's definitely different. So uh, when I spend my time in Arizona, kind of go back and forth a little bit uh, between Boise and Arizona. But for example, is I, I've tried to stay focused on learn one new thing every day and nice. explore, like just explore. I didn't have the time just to go take a four hour quilting class, for example, before I really didn't. I mean, I could have squeezed it in weekends, but I was so busy with so many other things. Uh, so I have been doing that, like I've found... I've, I'm loving the quilting thing. It's just, it's just a, a Zen. it's time consuming, <laughs> but it is such a, there's something fulfilling about it and it's calm yes. and it's, so um, I took a gourd class and, nice. and made a gourd thing and <laughs> there was a junk art class. Uh, uh, class that I thought was just so silly, and it ended up being a blast. Great. Uh, so that's what I'm trying to do. I did take golf lessons last year, but I haven't picked it up, so I, it's on my to-do list. But I just try to 
not second guess whether I should say yes and try to do something. And I was kind of like that before, but take, just seize the opportunity, just go explore. And then my husband and I, um, we got bikes, so we're not really active people and it was on our list. We want to get more active. So we bought bikes and so we go on bike rides and, and that's why we love Arizona. It's warm, uh, you know, in the winter. And so we can go over there and be active and, uh, you know, go out and do things with friends and, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like the, the balance that you're trying to strike is, is finding things that fill your cup. Um, but also for you and for, for people like you and I also being able to still be of value and give service, you know, to others and, and not feeling guilty for taking care of yourself, you know, but also finding the time to help others and things like that. And I think that's the balance that, that I'd like to strike too. When, when I reach that, and it sounds like you're, you're walking that path successfully so far. Yeah, it's been, it's actually been really a fun journey. It really has. There's things I miss for sure. There's things I miss in the business world. I miss the strategy. I miss the people, all the people. Uh, But for every one of those, you're learning new things, right? And you're seeking new things. Now, the two things that I desperately missed right after I retired, I remember were I miss my IT department. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't realize when you have access to services such as technology, you know, if I ever had anything happen on my computer, I just call my IT department and they fix it. (laughs) And so one of the things I always tell people is learn technology because I didn't sit and watch how they fix things. I didn't learn it. So I felt so inept with technology when I didn't have that. So that was one thing. I also miss my executive assistant. Um, she, I didn't realize how, you know, she set my appointments and she's just a gem. And I, I didn't realize how much I needed someone to kind of, so I had to figure out the administrative piece of it a little yeah. bit more, but I really miss the technology yeah, piece. So it's one new thing to learn, right? And Absolutely. I'm just trying to learn it, but it's frustrating for me. Yeah. Anything that you could say for like, right when you retire, like, um, like were your first six months any different than your last 12, you know, was the transition shocking or has it been, you know, had the, have all the months been, you know, pretty, was there, you know, a learning curve to retirement? Like what did it take for you to really ease into your flow? Yeah. Well, I did make the decision. My husband and I talked a lot about this to do some business consulting. So I built the, um, credible advantage, uh, consulting business and uh, so for me, I was spending my first, I said, I just want to give my six months to just get that up and running and get it flawless where, you know, that's things like the website and, mm-hmm. and logo and all that. So my first six months, I did feel like I was working a little bit, definitely, and uh, getting that flow. It was kind of exciting and energizing. And I did go into that with the commitment my husband and I talked about, we can spend this much money. And if I decide in six more months, this is not my thing we're okay with it. Yep. Just walk away with it. It's fine. So we had that discussion. So I went into it not knowing if I would even want to do it or mm-hmm. not. Uh, I have found that I love it. I have found certain things I like and don't like about it, certain types of clients that mm-hmm. I really like and, and the ones that are um, that you know are a little bit more frustrating. If I, w- I'm, I guess what I would say is I am so intentional about how I'm feeling. Good. Like, did I, did I enjoy that or not? And that is where guilt comes in for me. Mm-hmm. I feel guilty, feels like I'm being very self-centered and selfish. Uh, but I can get, I can get out of that mindset pretty quickly because I just know how hard I work to get here. Yeah. And so, but, it, but it sneaks in. I have to pay attention. You got to listen to yourself mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then 
What about the 12 months leading up to your retirement? What was that year like? Because you know it's coming. Like the light at the end of the tunnel is getting brighter and brighter and brighter. Was it something that you found yourself being excited about? Were you nervous about it? Um, was that year different than your prior years from a professional standpoint? I know you're probably trying to transition maybe a successor, and so that might have been part of your you know last 12 months. What was the last year like for you when you were you know formally professional what was that like? yeah that was a rough year yeah uh and the reason why is our credit union uh was acquired by another credit union mm-hmm. and so i in this in my last 12 months uh i went through this it, it was nothing like i thought right i had always envisioned finding a successor and and you know training them for a long period of time and then you know feeling really like i was leaving my baby Mm-hmm. Uh, in really good hands. And I mean, we left our baby in good hands, but uh, it was very different. My yeah. role was different. I went from being a CEO to a regional um, president in this area. And then it was basically um, taking the organization through an acquisition. And so acquisitions alone are stressful. Sure. Uh, people are fearful, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. They have all this unknown about the new business. They They'll make a lot of assumptions based on things. One thing that was really difficult was hearing, for me, it was, this was a, a thing that was really hard for me, but you just have to keep focusing on what you're trying to accomplish when these happen, is people make judgments about your intention or your motivation because they're trying to understand all of this. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they weren't in all those board meetings that led up to this discussion right. about all the logical common sense about why this is a good decision. So there, I, I don't fault them for that, but it was hard on me to stay very dialed into what we were trying to accomplish. And um, I had planned on retiring at 60 a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And so people will even make a judgment about, you know, okay, you know, was this all because you were going to retire? Or, you know, right. they just, and it, people just don't know. So there's a lot more of... Uh, not really chaos, but emotions Mm -hmm. in that last year. So for me, that was my last year. And I just stayed really dialed into making sure that I was doing what my organization was paying me to do and, and living in the integrity of that and then remove the noise. I was blessed because COVID was during that particular period of time, and so we were mostly remote. Yeah, and so I was blessed that I could stay out of a lot of the noise. Yeah, I felt it, of course, because I feel. Uh, but and so I have to remove that guilt, even about second guessing any of, you know, communication during that time or decisions I made during that time or anything. Just keep moving on yeah. is the best advice I can give. Awesome. Well, hey, we're out of time. I think you got a plane you got to catch. I think you're going, are you going back to Arizona today? Yeah, we're going back to Arizona, sunny Arizona. (laughs) Well, thank you for making me your last stop before you head back. I really enjoy our time together. You have so much knowledge to share. You're kind. You're, you're so giving of your time. You care about others. You care about helping others succeed. And I just, I love sharing time with you and sharing information with you. And I'm just so glad that we're friends. And yeah, thank you so much for coming on. And this is a really important conversation that isn't talked about enough. So I'm really glad that uh, this is the topic you wanted to talk about. And I'm looking forward to sharing it and helping other people, you know, do their best to transition into this phase in their life. And it's going to help me too. So thank you so much. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. There you go.
That was Connie Miller. Connie, thank you again so much for coming on. That was awesome. You gave us so much to think about and to learn from. And I appreciate you. I know you were flying home like right after our uh, interview. So um, thanks for making some time on the tail end of your visit here. Hey, my name's Matt. This is none of my business. You can find me all over the place. I put all these episodes up on uh, my blog, Deets Agency. I am very active on LinkedIn and uh, Instagram at Deets Agency. And you can send me an email at mdeets at farmersagent.com. Thank you so much for listening and keep up the good work. Fireflies